Welcome to Jordan Drew, the Sports Crew, episode 52. This marks the official one-year anniversary of this podcast. Just Drew Skyberg here on this surprise intro. Jordan has no idea. I just want to thank everyone who helped us along the way. I'll start with Gary Maselli. He was really one of those first guests here on the show. Really kind of helped us, you know, get our feet on the ground and get started. And then also, of course, the Bucks believer, Clay Taylor. He was that fill-in guy. He would always come on, talk Bucks. It was, it was always a lot of fun with him. Of course, Mr. EWC Sports himself, Robert Schimmick. He's done all those wonderful high school episodes with me, and he just became a friend a year now having him on the show. And then also, of course, Isaac Ferguson. He's done a lot of hard work. He's helped us with the, with our logo and business cards, and he's just been a great help, helping hand, I'd say. And then Devin Argel. He's, he was our media man. I mean, he, he still is, and we, we cannot thank him enough for all the work he's done. The Journey to a Million crew, my guys, Zach and Jared, you guys have been helpful along the way, and it's been a lot of fun, you know, doing our show on Fridays and then just, you know, also being there. You know, Zach's done a couple episodes with me. Jared's done a couple episodes, and they've been just great friends as well. And then, of course, all of, all of the listeners along the way, you know, for their support, advice, critiques, and encouragement. I appreciate each and every one of you. Just to name a few here, Noah Bratz for being a fellow podcaster and supporter along the way. Kane Youngbooth, he was a true Jordan Drew the Sports Crew pioneer. Seth Mangan, he always spread the word of the sports crew. Jordan's parents, they helped us along the way greatly. And then, of course, my parents as well, always sharing and liking posts on the Facebook. And then just spreading the word with merchandise. That came up big as well for us. Lastly, Elise Fisher. Her support and has just truly motivated me along the way, and she was really able to contribute to the podcast. She was a guest on the show, and then just wonderful templates she made for the podcast as well for our social media, which we are extremely excited to use. And thank you guys all so much. And then, okay, here it is. Lastly, I got to thank my co-host, the Jordan Lorenz, for being a co-host, a lifelong friend, a supporter, and a brother all in one. There's a reason it's Jordan Drew, the sports crew. Your work may sometimes go unnoticed, but is truly appreciated by myself and the listeners. And finally, to wrap up this surprise intro, this is just the beginning. We have so much more planned, and the sky is truly the limit. From, from live shows to more merchandise, we are extremely excited for the plans for year two. Cheers to this podcast for lasting forever. And with that, here are some of my favorite moments of the podcast. Starting with the episode that started it all. Our first episode ever on the podcast, which aired officially one year ago today. It was Jordan Lorenz's UFC 259 recap. Hello everybody, my name is Jordan Lorenz and this is my UFC 259 recap. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Jordan and Drew, the sports crew. I am Jordan Lorenz, a freshman at the UWGB Manitowoc campus. Yes, I do live on campus, in case you were wondering. I can't uh, pass up the opportunity to congratulate you and Valders on an EWC championship in ice fishing. S'mores is our winner. Here on Jordan and Drew, the sports crew, March Madness Blizzard Edition. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. A 2,000-point score, Seth Mangan. How you doing, Seth? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode one. It is the first ever episode 
of the Summer Sports Spectacular. Back here on episode two, and for the first time ever, we have a special guest here on the podcast. This man runs the EWC Boys Basketball account on Instagram. He has his own podcast now, which I know Drew got me into, and I was listening to it through the end of the season especially. Very good stuff. This man is the voice of the Brilliant Lions. He is a future Udu Oshkosh graduate. Ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Robert Schimmick. Robert, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you for the introduction. That is basically it. Thank you for listening to the inaugural edition of Jordan and Drew, the sports crew, the perfect podcast for you. Welcome to the one year anniversary of Jordan, Drew, the sports crew. Episode 52 is here. We have been doing this for one full year. Haven't missed a week. And we can't thank you all enough. You guys are all the shout out of the week for staying with us, for supporting us. Throughout this journey, one whole year, never thought it would last this long and be booming like it is. We got so many episodes, so much content coming your way, and we're just going to plan to keep doing more of it. I'm Jordan Lorenz, joined alongside Drew Skyberg. Drew, how are you doing before we get to our big announcement? We're at the one-year mark, Jordan. I'm doing great. This is awesome. Yeah, like Jordan said, we got to shout everyone out. Thank you all for supporting us along the way, and let's keep let's keep her moving, Jordan. Let's let's keep it going. Yeah, let's make our big announcement right now. No plans to slow down anytime soon, and it all starts with our newest acquisition, I guess you could say. We are selling merchandise full-time through Redbubble, so everything is going to go through Redbubble. That is the website where you can find our merchandise. I'm sure you guys have heard of it. It's almost like an Etsy sort of type deal, and this one a little bit different, but Redbubble is who we're going through. We have Four different logos. So we're going to promote this link everywhere, obviously. We actually had a quiet launch. All of our merch has been up since Friday, but not obviously no one has known of it. And unless for some reason you would have been searching it, I guess you could probably have found it. But officially, everything is up now. Four different logos to choose from. Over 50 pieces of merchandise coming your way. Just full disclosure right now, there is no apparel. You won't be finding shirts. You won't be finding hoodies. You won't be finding hats. You won't be finding that here. We already sold that stuff. This is all the different sort of thing. And we got water bottles. We got coasters. They are some great looking coasters. We got pins. We got stickers. We've got iPhone cases. We got iPhone wallets. I mean, I could keep going with all the great things we have, but we have our normal main logo, the Jordan Drew, the sports crew logo. It looks so good on a mug, by the way. Journey to a million. We have that. That looks just great on everything, basically. Then we have our blue and yellow and our green and yellow logos. Those come in only a few different types of things, but it wouldn't look good on like a water bottle or anything like that. I know I'm going to be picking up a lot of merch, Drew. We've got four different logos, over 50 pieces of items to choose from. And if you use that, it's not a promo code, but like basically anytime you're on Redbubble, if you're a first time user, you get 20% off. Just click the little pop up. That comes up. Sign up for an account. All you need is your email, username, and a password. Just then, you get 20% off. They also have a button down at the bottom of the screen. I've never really looked at it, but it says, give $10, get $10. So I don't really know how this works, but if you and a friend want to work something out, and then maybe you can both get some deals on our merchandise. Drew, anything sticking out to you? I'm looking at our main logo right now. I mean, we have so much to offer. There's pillows here. There's clocks. A drawstring bag, the spiral notebook looks great. Oh, yeah, I'm looking, you know, Journey to a Million stuff. That, that mug on the Journey to a Million looks clean. I, I know the Jordan Drew the Sports Girl looks great. Got to shout out Isaac Ferguson, who was really able to help us out, you know, clean up some of those logos. And 
yeah, uh, wow, there's a lot of great stuff, and I'm certainly going to be getting some of those mugs, though, for my coffee. Yes, that travel mug, it's a little more on the pricey side compared to some of the other ones, but I love the straight-up water bottle. It's just a straight-up, tall, skinny guy, $16.99 for a water bottle. I mean, that's not bad at all. With our logo on it, you can get your 20% off. And trust me, guys, we put these prices, we got to pick the prices, and these are about as low as we could possibly get them. I mean, we're messing with a matter of cents at this point in time. So prices mostly affordable on everything. There was like an iPad skin that was like close to 40 bucks, but it's like, who even has an iPad anymore? And if you do, there's something for you to get it. So we kept the prices as low as humanly possible. We're doing this for you guys, for the fans as a reward for our one year anniversary. So much merch over on the red bubble. We'll put that link everywhere where you can find us on social media, Jordan Drew underscore sports crew on the Instagram. I feel like we're getting close to 400 followers. I mean, we, we are, yeah. Moving, we keep moving our way up. I'm going to get the exact number right now at the time of recording. We are sitting at 379. We are getting very, very close to 400. YouTube, that's another big one right now. Still two subscribers away from 50. We would love to reach 50 for our one-year anniversary. And we're also on Facebook, Jordan Drew, the Sports Crew, and Twitter, JD Sports Pod. But anything else, Drew, as we have talked about our Red Bubble and our one-year anniversary? We got to make one more announcement. Coming later today, we'll be talking more about it. March Madness is coming to the sports crew. This is going to be insane. Not a DQ March Madness. That might happen again, but maybe we'll do a fun one. We have an NCAA March Madness pool. We are going to make for the sports crew through the NCAA March Madness app, $5 entry. More details will be released later today. And just just check out our socials to to really enter. Uh, This is going to be a lot of fun. We're hoping to get a big pool of people. Sports-minded people, of course, and get some family, friends, and all the listeners, of course, in this pool, Jordan. Anything you want to add with that? I mean, it's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun. And trust me, guys, we aren't having that stupid upset bonus. I'm <laughs> just about be, to say it. No you're way. Not, you're not going to be able to. And I've seen so many times, like I'd finish like third, or I'd finish like fifth, and the guy in first, he picked like a 14 seed to actually win, and it happened. It's no way are we turning that bonus on. And you're going to have to earn every single bit of it. This is going to be a tough year for March Madness. Selection Sunday, a week from today. Obviously, Drew and I will be doing a March Madness episode as well. I mean, so much fun content planned for the future. And Drew, you want to talk about this week, what we got coming up? Obviously, tomorrow, I'll be doing my EWC Boys and Girls Breakdown. Sadly, the brilliant girls couldn't punch their ticket to state. But what a year for them that they played freedom, I believe, right? And they played 10 deep, I was told. So that's just an unreal team. Would have taken a lot to beat them. We'll be talking high school hoops later in this episode, but mostly all EWC tomorrow. And then Drew's got someone coming on Wednesday. And then Friday, another guest on Journey to a Million. Yeah, exactly. Gideon Kane, a, a thrower for Concordia University, is coming on. He made nationals. Uh, Friday, Journey to a Million, of course. We'll be back Friday. The squad, Jared, Zach, and myself. We might have a guest on. You know, we're, we're, we're working through some things. So otherwise, you know, we'll, we'll be. Continuing previewing the offseason. It'll be a lot of fun. Draft combines going on. We'll talk about that. I don't know. It's it's getting fun for football. Draft coming up, offseason starting. We'll know about Aaron Rodgers very soon. So yeah, check out for football news. Friday, Journey to a Million. But yeah, Jordan, we got a main episode to do right now, and you got some stats to read. Yes, indeed. We have our stats of the week. Can't wait to get right into them here as we are good. And I added one actually right before we were recording when I saw last night. Anyways, first of all, 
sad for me here. TCU upset Kansas. They beat them 74-64. It was the first time in program history where they defeated ranked opponents back-to-back. So what are TCU, the Horned Frogs or something like that, I think? Yep. They have a weird nickname, but TCU beats Kansas first time. They beat ranked opponents back-to-back. According to Vivid Seats, this next one is absolutely crazy. Coach K on Saturday had his final home game for Duke. Obviously, this was his last season. They ended up losing to North Carolina. We'll talk about that in college hoops. But the big part of this game is the average ticket price for his final home game was more expensive than all but three Super Bowls since 2010. I mean, the average ticket was going for like five grand. This was a big time moment, and Coach K ended up losing in his last home game for Duke on Friday. So let's go two days ago. First time in NHL history where two players had a hat trick. So that means they had not one, not two, but three goals and a game-winning overtime goal. So I'm not sure they both had four goals. I think like maybe one of them had four, but then another one had two. And then that game-winning overtime goal got him the hat trick. But either way, first time in NHL history where that happened. Drew, I want to ask you about this next one here. DeMarcus Cousins, former member of the Milwaukee Bucks, scored 31 points in 23 minutes and 33 seconds. The fewest minutes played in a 30-point game in Nuggets franchise history. Couldn't the Bucks be using this guy right now? I don't understand. Well, okay. Um, offensively, yeah. Look at what Serge Ibaka has not done offensively. He's, he's been not really what you would expect from, you know, the offensive end. But defensively, you know, looking, Ibaka being the much better defender and then Cousins, of course, being somewhat of a defensive liability. You know, if you're looking in terms of that, maybe that's, that's what caused uh, GM John Horse to maybe make the decision. But, yeah, Cousins is looking great. Uh, Nuggets, I mean, that was a great pickup by them. Uh, yeah, you, you could say they're better off with Cousins. It's, it's still a move. Uh, a lot of people question, rightfully so. But, well, you know, Cousins is coming up big for the Denver Nuggets off the bench. Well, and I think it's just the way it happened too. where all of a sudden after a game, like literally minutes after you were going up back to your car and then you saw he got caught. So it was like the way it got handled, the randomness of it at all threw a lot of people off. Houston Baptist, speaking of throwing people, they scored 149 points where they beat McNeese, McNeese, I don't know, McNeese State, McNeese State, M-C-N-E-E-S-E, 149 to 144. This game went four overtimes. It was the highest scoring Division One men's basketball game in 21 years. So we are going back quite a long time, 149 to 144. I'm going to talk about a Boy State basketball score in the D1 level coming up here. And my goodness, was it something else on Friday night? One of the scores that will be passing your way momentarily. But first, it is time for on this day, the date today, March 7th, is indeed our date one day after my mom's birthday. Happy late birthday. And we're going to start 1857. I didn't even know this was a thing. I'll stay in 1857. Baseball decides to play nine innings as an official game instead of nine runs. So they used to play until nine runs? Are you kidding me? You know how long this would take? Well, you know, some of those five, six-hour games, people line about an extra innings. Imagine we have to wait until nine runs. We could have, you oh know, pitcher do a list. Oh, we could be going for, I don't even know how long, Jordan. You, you, I, got, a, you got a whole evening? Long. I don't. I mean, these games would have to start at one, and then they might get done around nine. You know what I mean? Like, this is, wow. Okay. I saw that and threw me off. I'll say 1930. This one is just mind-blowing the georgetown high of chicago 
defeats Homer one to nothing in basketball. So there had to be some stalling going on in this game. I don't know. I would like to see the field goal percentage. Maybe a team was like 04, another one was like 05, and then eventually someone gets to the line and wins, but that has to be the most boring game in basketball history. It must be up there. I I, I didn't even know a one nothing score. I mean it's a high school score, so that's probably why we haven't really heard about it before, but Wow, one nothing is the winning. I thought it was a baseball score at first when I heard that. That's what I said. I did. I don't know if it was like a typo or what, but uh-uh. I'm gonna say ten years later, the Montreal Canadiens lose a record tying 15 straight games at home. On stay 1982, this one fitting for next week, the selection Sunday. It debuts. The NCAA tournament selection is televised live for the first time. This is the one time a year we get to watch it. It's my favorite each and every year. Love every single second of it. On this day, 1986, Wayne Gretzky breaks his own NHL season record with 136 assists. Big time there from the one and only GOAT of hockey. On this day, 1996, Magic Johnson, second player in NBA history to reach 10,000 career assists. So good for Magic Johnson. And let's go six years ago on this day, Peyton Manning announced his retirement from the Denver Broncos. Drew, real quick, do you think I don't know if he'll play this year, but do you think Tom Brady's coming back? It certainly seems like he's already bored of retirement, and there have been people saying he's coming back this year already. I don't think so. I, I, I think don't. he's coming back, but it won't be this year. No, well, long bet of the week. You know, it could be. I say you want to do it. You want to? Th- uh, we probably couldn't. That could be years down the line. Not it's a good years, idea. Yeah. Bet. yeah. But anyway, I I still think he's coming back. Only time will tell. Let's go to the weekly sports talk segment, and we're going to start with Major League Baseball. Yes. So. There have been halts, obviously. The season has been delayed. Everyone knows about this by now. Spring training likely not even going to happen in March. I don't know what's happening. Talks resuming yesterday on Sunday between everyone. They're not in Florida. They're not in Jupiter anymore. But now there have been three big things, right? I'm going to forget them. But it was like bigger bases, banning the shift. And was it more like luxury tax sort of thing? Pitch clock. Pitch clock. Oh, yes. That's another one. Well, um. I mean, the major matters are still a thing. It's still the competitive balance tax. Yep. It's still the minimum salary, and it's still the size of the new pre-arbitration bonus pool. So, I mean, those three are like side problems that are like that stem from these problems, Jordan. So, like, but the three main problems are still the main problems that we talked about last last time. And like, we, I mean, I, we we can kind of go over them again. But the minimum salary was uh, the MLB proposed seven hundred thousand. The union wants seven hundred twenty-five thousand. The salary last year was five seventy, so it's a hundred thirty thousand dollars raise. But um, the major or the players' association they want a hundred. They want an extra twenty-five k with that, so they want one hundred fifty-five thousand dollars raise. So that's I think they're getting a little greedy there. That's a little th- problem there. Um, pre-arbitration bonus pool that's for players like star players who who can't hit arbitration, you know, arbitrations in years, you know, four through four through six, I believe is how it works. First three, then uh, you don't hit arbitration. That's the reward, the new like up and coming stars. So let's say, you know, Fernando Tatis, you know, his first two, three years there. And, um, you know, it would have rewarded him for his great success. Cause now I believe he's going to be based on service time, arbitration eligible up in these upcoming years. So, you know, it's just a reward, Star young players basically as like they're kind of what keeps the game moving. You know, you're all the Cunhas, right? Those guys. So um Tatis, of course. But um talking about the let's talk, Jordan, about those three things you mentioned to start. Your thoughts I want to read on this. each of them. Yeah. 
Yeah, okay, so I'm going to read this tweet real quick, and then we'll get into him. So Bob Nightingale, we love the guy, been carrying the lockout on his back. He tweeted out earlier on Sunday, MLB lockout day 95, the MLB Players Association is providing a comprehensive written proposal to MLB officials early this afternoon in New York. It's the first proposal exchange since Tuesday in Florida. So it's just good to see they're getting back on track, but I'm very confused. Bigger bases, I don't really understand. I know you're going to explain that one to me, but I don't really get why that's a thing. Banning the shift would be very controversial. We've seen so many teams implemented on basically every single play. Every guy's coming to the plate. They have something planned for them. I'm not going to lie. I wouldn't be against it, but it would certainly change the game quite a bit. And pitch clock, I mean, they've kind of already done a little bit like this, but now they're going to revamp it a little more and put more effort into it. I'm not against the pitch clock. I just, the shift is going to be one of the big, big things because there are going to be a lot of GMs out there and managers who are not happy with the shift being banned. Yeah, you're you're spot on. I want to talk about that as well. But I'll I'll start with the bigger bases. Um they're talking, you know, um enhancing safety measures is is the main main thing with it. Um so it goes 15 to 18 inches, I believe is kind of what they want, so a 3-inch increase in the squares. And then it will also feature like um less of like a ramp it's called. So like what goes up on the oh. Yeah. Okay, and the thought behind this is a safety. So, you know, the bigger bases, the less, you know, maybe we could see pleading. We could see, you know, less just injuries in general with the bases. Cause we've seen injuries, you know, even sliding into bases, you know, diving, running to first. I mean, there, there's been injuries. And then also what we saw in the minors when it was in, when it was implemented, cause this was, this was tested in the minor league baseball last year. Keep in mind, we saw more stolen bases. So stolen bases, I mean, the base is the base is three inches out more, so maybe you well, know, it makes people, a big difference. Yeah, and um, now you know it just people. What I, what I personally said, you know, as a player, maybe um, just feeling more comfortable stealing the base. You know, like you got an extra, it's an extra three inches on the base as well, and then plus it's three inches you know, on the other side. So um, like the side, even when you're diving in, you know, that's it, what know. I was gonna say. When you slide into it, you know, you got a lot more room to work with because there's been so many times where. They slide in and then they slip off and then they're out. Yeah, place. Yeah, plus running off, getting off the base as well. That's kind of the other the other thought with it. Also, if you like another one that a lot of people don't really think of, more infield hits, right? Um, you know, you could see that plus more even you know hits that hit the bases, which we've seen like the ball goes straight up. We we've seen some interesting, you know, mechanics and physics with when the ball hits a base and kind of just like where it moves, you know, uh, but. Those are that's what the bigger bases. I am not opposed to it. You know, I, I, it, it, if it proved it went well in the minor leagues, I'm cool with it, but it's one of those weird things. I'll talk about shifts, Jordan. My proposal for shifts, yes. I know you want them banned, right? Is that your stance? I'm not against them being banned because it's kind of, it's really impacted the game and it changes it a lot. Yeah. And because it does that, why don't we limit it? How about this? Like, that would be a little better. Mound visits are limited. Oh. I know you can make the argument how many things are we going to limit? Are we going to start limiting everything? I think we set a limit for how many times you can shift a game per at bat. I okay. was, you know, I was actually talking to Zach about on the journey to a million about this, throwing out some ideas. You know, I I think the number around five was thrown out in our in our conversation, but I, I might lower that for five at bats. I think maybe like three at bats. You get to, you know. And then Joey Gallo has been the one who's had a big gripe about it. So his argument would be, well, they're going to use it on all three of my at-bats. So the, the whole thought is, you know, if you want to make it baseball's game of strategy, if you want to make it strategic, maybe limit how many times you can shift, not ban it because the banning, it takes out so much strategy, Jordan. It's, 
no baseball. Yeah, I guess strategy. definitely that's better off. Because I I cannot have you know a game that's just renowned for its strategy. You know, have baseball just take away the strategy components of the game. It doesn't Very make sense true. to me. And then plus, what are you gonna do then? It's almost like teaching young kids like a zone in um you know a zone in youth Basketball. youth. You know, it's, it's usually not really something people recommend to do. And now right. you know you, you can make maybe the argument that kids are getting taught to shift more. Maybe like not even play their own position. I. I, I don't see, you know, maybe. Well, I mean, argument, yeah, that's, I, kind of, that's kind of true, though, because sometimes they have the third baseman basically in right field all the way back. So it's definitely a big, big thing if, in baseball. Yeah, because if, if you ban the shift, you know, and then still other, other levels are going to have it in. So then, like, you can't shift in majors or, you know, it might be a weird adjustment, right? Mm-hmm. Even for, like, even for hitters. That's kind of, like, the one thing I look at. You know, if you shift at such a young level, you know, it's really hurting. It could be it could be hurting hitters, and it, it's a strategy aspect, you know, um, implemented by coaches. But which I I like it. It's just because you know people get burned by the shift, and then everyone just says hit it the other way. Which you know there, I mean, there is some truth to that. But a lot easier a, said than done. A lot easier said than done. And plus, you know, now we have people throw ninety four mile mile per hour sliders. Uh, I you know hitting th- yeah, the try other way. That one. Try yeah. Try like a guy like Joey Gallo. Have him you know take a 94 mile per hour slider on the inside, you know, inside corner, take it the other way. You know, that's Easy, not going right? to happen. Yeah. yeah. So I, if we're, you're in agreement with me, I think we limit it, you know, three to five at bats, maybe, uh, maybe you can only use it one per, um, one per player. So then like, if there's something like that, Joey Gallo like, can't even. True. Or even if you did like one or two per inning there, are, yeah. Yeah, there there are options, and maybe you can only do it for like a pitch. You know, I I I wouldn't like that. I mean, no, that'd be dumb. I think it would be too because you know how long the at bats are. That's why it needs to be an at bat long thing. But I'm sure people are gonna you know propose something with you can only do it for a certain amount of pitches. There's gonna be some way they have to limit it if they were to limit it. And you know, going by at bats would be the most logical. I think the most logical, but you know, we could maybe see them do try to make something with pitches. I don't know how it would work, but. It's there's all just making thing. the game more confusing as well, because then there's so many more rules and more things you have to follow. Yeah, that's the other thing. That's like adding, you know, how many more things are we have to track. That's that's uh-huh. the one thing that hurts the whole idea of limiting it in any in any way, shape, or form. Uh, pitch clock, I'm for it. I mean, I, I don't, you know, we hundred percent, yeah. It's I don't even think this it's doesn't hurt idea. the game at all. No, no, and I. It depends. I think what, what do they want it at? 30, 30 seconds, twenty seconds. I mean, we've seen we've seen a different experimental times, so I'm not really you know sure what the proposed pitch clock would be. But it's we we already see a timer that goes off in the at you know the baseball fields, the diamonds. Yes. You know, we see what 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 they are. You know, we have like in between innings, half innings, replay. Yeah, you don't really see it on TV, but if you're yeah, there, you know. If you're there, you see it. And when I said replay, I mean, we need one for replay. Replay takes way too long sometimes in baseball. It's, it's insane. I'm glad they have replay implemented, but it takes, yeah, they need to expand the things you can review as well, because there are a lot of things that cannot be reviewed that need to be reviewed. Um, just, I'm trying to think of some right now, but you know, like there's just problems that occur during the year. Like you're like, okay, well we need to be able that's to review in every these sport things. too. Yeah. yeah, it's just the most random thing. That's the most blatant missed call or whatever. And they're like, "Oh, it's non-reviewable." It's like, well, shouldn't everything technically be reviewable at the end of the day? Like, what's the point of replay if you don't, can only review A, B, and C? Yeah, and that's that's the big you know discussion for that. Um, basketball, I feel like, does a pretty good job. You know, having 
Things sometimes they're work. a little long, though. And then sometimes they'll go to the monitor about three times in the final two minutes because this, was it a foul or not? Was this tipped out by which team? You know, like, it can be a little excessive, but for the most part, it's all right. Yeah, I, I guess you put it like that, but... It's just overall, the officials rely on replay a little too much now in all sports. And I like replay, though, because it, gets, it makes your calls... Yeah, no, it, right? it's needed, but I just feel like sometimes the officials are like, ah, well, we'll just go to the monitor. Yeah, you know, it can kind of be like a safety valve. Exactly. But um, with those three features to wrap up here, I think those are, you know, I I think we got to modify some of what they want to do. I think we have to modify the word ban into shifts, maybe restrict, limit. But otherwise, um, you know, the bigger bases, why not? Pitch clock, why not? Right. I I think those are, those are, would be. And if you want to make the game more fun, more stolen bases is certainly going to make people happy. I'm going to do my rant for the 12 team playoff one more time. it's just, 14 team or 12? It's 12. It's going to be 12. It sounds okay. like is what they compromised at. Um, I'm not against 12. The reason being is Jordan, a sport that's already, you know, seen the regular season, not valuable, right? It'd be an hour and 62 games. It, it just got less, less valuable, right? Cause now you got extra two teams making the playoffs. And really, if you think about it, the, the more valuable, like if there's only four teams, let's say that made the playoffs or six, right? The, the more value you'd see in the regular season as, the better you have to perform to make the playoffs. And now that, you know, it was usually right. 10 teams. So, you know, we've saw for these past few years now, since the wild card's been implemented wild card game that, you know, it, it expanded it. So now um, the, at that time, the regular season got less valuable because, you know, more teams make it. Now we see the same thing go on again. Cause now two more teams make it. It makes already 162 game regular season, less valuable. Like it makes sense. You know, let's say for someone who is not a big baseball fan, it makes sense to, you know, maybe watch that 82 game basketball season, even. And I mentioned that even, even though 16 teams make the playoffs and I still, you know, it's only 82 games. It still matters more, you know, than 162 game 12 team. And that my, that's my whole thing, which I, I mean, I, it won't change me. Like, I mean, I'll still be watching games. I'll still be going to a bunch of games, but like, I just look at overall baseball, how to attract more fans. Cause right. That's what we need to do. So I, I don't know what you think about how, you know, an extra two teams affects it, but I think, I think it, basically all it's going to do is make the regular season less valuable. I mean, it'll make it more exciting for more, more franchises. And that's what LB wants to do. Cause they'll make more money. So exactly. It's all about the money. 14 was way too much. I don't really mind 12. It's only one extra team from the AL one extra team from the NL. They want to, the way they want to do it is what bothers me the most. They want to do a ghost with, or you I know, don't, this is so confusing. Yeah. And that's how, like, like you mentioned about making maybe baseball less confusing for people. And all they're going to do is add things, things like this, right? So the ghost one would be like for a team, you know, having the advantage. So they, they actually use the Brewers as an example here. Brewers won the NL Central. They would have played, I believe, the, they would have played, let me think, the Phillies. I think and it's they would, have, they would have gotten last year a ghost one. They would have started off automatically one nothing before. Like, it's kind of like a handicap, right? So they, they start like plus one, right? And then. Uh, you got a w- first team to win. Was it three games? <laughs> I think. Like, and well, was it even that? Would the Brewers was, have to win one, but the Phillies had to win, win two? One? I I don't know. And uh, but baseball is such a sport, you know, where teams can get hot. We saw the Braves. Look, look, they weren't they weren't the best team from start to finish, like in the 162 game season. They they weren't, but they got. I mean, they got hot at the right time. They played very well in the second half of the year, and they won the World Series. And all I'm saying is, um. The 80, you know, looking at teams that were like that played great the year from year start to year finish, like the Giants. Look, they got they got upset, right? Um, I all all I'm saying is we could see maybe 
you know, an 85 one team, if they get hot at the right time in September, you know, we, we could see them get to the world series and they could, they could actually win the world series. Look nationals. They won it as a wild card team as Braves team won the world series. I know they won their division, but you know, like there were, there were a lot of teams that had better records ahead of them, of course. But all I'm saying is baseball is unpredictable and it, it's, it can get wild. Minnesota wild Jordan, just like hockey playoffs. And in hockey wild, there's some hockey playoffs or something else. So I was thinking right now and the best way I, I can describe this ghost rule, if we're even describing it right. So have you ever seen like a double elimination tournament, right? Where someone loses early on and then they go in the loser's bracket, but they win the loser's bracket and then they play the champ, right? So it's the yep. top team from the bracket against the top team from the bottom bracket. That bottom bracket team from the loser's bracket, they have to be the top team twice in order to win. Mm-hmm. And if they beat them once, then they play a second game. But if that top team beats them once, then it's over. It's just that one game. So the lower team would have to beat them twice. I feel like that's the best way to describe it, but I don't know. It's still going to be confusing to a lot of people. We're going to see what happens, if it indeed does go down or not. But let's go to basketball unless you got anything else. Um, yeah, just one, one quick thing and then please let's go to basketball. Not, I just don't want, I'm not discrediting any teams, you know, the Braves deserve to win the world series. They played, they played well when they needed to, they won the games they needed to, but all, all my point was, you know, extra two teams, um, we're going to see teams with less wins get in and therefore we'll see teams that wouldn't have maybe even gotten in in years past win the world series. And I don't think that's right. So that's my, that's my, um, you know, tied up all loose ends to that. There we go. I mean, it's baseball, right? We're still talking about it, even with all this lockout and everything. They're keeping the attention on themselves, which I'm sure is what they wanted. Manitowoc Lincoln ships Friday night, head to Marquette High School, the Hilltoppers, and they beat them 77-74. They were down 44-30 at the half, and they came back to win this game, beating them by three points, obviously. Got to talk about the end of this game. Ships up 74-70. There's about 30 seconds left. Marquette's coming down with the ball. They're passing it around. They miss a shot. Get an offensive. Or actually, no, they didn't miss a shot. Spencer Regan blocks a shot, but it tipped it right into one of the Marquette players. They got their own offensive rebound. They're running with it. About 15 seconds left. Top of the court. Top of the three-point line. You know, that money shot straight on. Hits it. Gets fouled. The one thing you cannot do. H. Grinnell fouls on the three-point shot. It's a four-point play. They make the free throw. Chips dribble it up. Ten seconds left. Ted Grinnell calls a timeout. Lincoln sets up a play. It's for Mattis to charge it inside. He takes it, stops, didn't have anything open. He was supposed to kick it out left to Brock, but Gage Grinnell was sitting open at a kind of, not a corner three, but it was not most centered three either. Hits it with two seconds left. And the most intriguing part, obviously Gage Grinnell, the hero in this game, nearly put, the, nearly put it in overtime. And would have cost him the game, but he didn't. He made the three-pointer. The most intriguing part, he hit the three. There was 1.9 seconds left. They went over to the table during the Marquette timeout and put more time on the clock. They put 2.6 left on the clock. Have you ever seen this in high school before? I have, yeah. No, it happens. I think that's ridiculous. There's no, You don't know when the ball went through the net. No one's watching that. They're just deciding they're going to put five-tenths of a second left on the clock. Either way, Marquette didn't make the shot, but... I think that's ridiculous in high school. You don't have video in college, like you're able to review it. And I don't know, that really, that rubbed me the wrong judgment, way. Judgment call, yeah. And that's, yeah, no, can't happen in high school at all. Then they played a peer Saturday night, second ranked team in the state, lost to him twice already in the regular season. They were down at the half just by a little, though. This game was tight all the way throughout. Ted Cornell, 
forced to call three timeouts in the first half of both of these games. He called three timeouts in the Marquette game, three timeouts in the De Pere game, only had two for the second half, and that kind of cost him at the end, but had to do what he had to do to stop the momentum in the first. Ships only had one lead in this game. They were up by two. Other than that, there were a bunch of ties, bunch of De Pere leads, and finally De Pere wins by five, 59-54, and it was just very unfortunate. Ships hit a three. Mattis hit one. They're around six with 11 seconds left to go. Free throw is missed. Ships go down, hit a three-pointer. You know, there's like six seconds left, but the, by the time De Pere inbounds the ball, because Lincoln didn't have a timeout, there was only 0.8 ticks left on the clock. They knocked down both free throws to win it. Officiating definitely not in the strong suit of Lincoln. Had Cornell very frustrated after the game. It's been a thing all year long, basically. And, you know, it's very, very unfortunate that the game kind of got taken out of their hands late. But that's just how it went. DePierre moves on, and they will now host Homestead. And that game is going to happen in the section. I don't know why it's at DePierre. I don't know if that's an error, but it says no, they're um, hosting. What, what's going to happen is DePierre was meant to host, host the sectional, but now they're, with the conflict of interest, they're going to find a school around the area to host that. Yeah, so like I don't know why it, they didn't switch them because like, this game should be played at Fond du Lac, I would assume. is like they switch them with the sectional two here, but... I don't know. Either way, the only other D1 game I wanted to talk about, Bayport beat Kakana 112-98. to 98. Wow. Unreal. And then they only, Bayport only scored 49 points the next night in a wow. loss to Menominee Falls. That Menominee Falls team, Jordan, that, that, that's going to be a tough team. You know, if DePier or Olmstead, they, they go play them for state. I think that Menominee Falls team, I think that's we could easily see them go to Madison. 100%. We were saying if DePier is this good and they're the two, how good is Menominee oh, Falls, no. yeah, who's no. the number one? And it's like next level. There's something else. So overall, at the end of the day, Ships High School season comes to an end. They still have, they've got Bryce Erdman, Ben Wallersheim, Brock Peterson, Braden Kennedy. That's a big one-two combo. They'll have Braden Steinbecker as well. Played about half the season on varsity, then went back down to JV. He's just a freshman. Sawyer Kroll will have as their big guy. They've got names for next year. It's just going to be a matter. And they've got some more JV guys coming up as well. They've got a Bolchin who I believe is going to come up. Then they had number 10 on JV. I don't remember his name, but he'll be coming up as well. So, and Bolchin was just a freshman. So, him and Steinbecker, they're going to be very, very good for the next few years for this Lincoln team. EWC breakdown tomorrow. But, Drew, any games you wanted to talk about here real quick before we get to college? Yeah, I actually, you know, was able to catch some of these games, Jordan, because I know your your 10-minute breakdown, we're going to hear a lot of scores and such. So, you know, maybe we can give a little bit here because Robert Schimmick and I next, next Tuesday will be talking for sure about some of these games. But. We'll briefly just go down the line. I mean, I'll, I'll briefly go down. Um, you know, that Utsberg game, they won by 17, but it was brilliant. Did 64-47, but it was a lot closer than it looked. 31-26, Utsberg was up at halftime. Utsberg was in control. They're running his own, and Brilliant didn't have an answer to it in the first half. I mean, they were missing shots. Poor passes, really poor passes by Brilliant. Not what you would expect, but they, they heated up, made some threes. You know, Bennett Olsen had two big threes to kind of like start a run. And then, you know, Jeremy Lawrence, he played incredible, Jordan. He had like six, seven blocks. Um, you know, tough, tough player, made some great steals. Just overall, had a great overall game for him. Uh, then Saturday, they they play and they host Denmark. This was a game I, I had brilliant, you know, I thought they could lose this game. And, but, you know, you know, maybe... It, they could have easily, you know, 64, 63. They won by one, Jordan, man. They got a little lucky. They played I, well down the stretch. But Donovan Short tries to dunk. He tries to poster someone, and he gets injured with, like, two, three minutes left. 
And, you know, the, like he was down. Like, I, I, I don't know, you know how, how he's doing right now, but he didn't look well after that. But he was out. Jeremy Lorenz followed out with like five, six minutes left, Jordan. Oh, that, that was big. Can't happen. And that can't happen. You want to hear, oh, Donovan Short flew like five yards from a, a Jeremy Lorenz push off. I mean, nothing against Jeremy, but I don't know if Jeremy would push a 6'10 guy five, six yards. It was very exaggerated, in my opinion. But yeah, but um, we saw a few flops in the DePere game as well. There's two I, of them that got called against Lincoln. I believe it. That, I, I was rooting for your ship show in last or Saturday night. But they almost pulled it off. It was so close. It was like, no, I don't. And DePierre didn't expect them to be in this game. Like, I'm sure they thought they could run through them like they did in the regular season. So that was only frustrating them even more. It was it was a sad way to go out. But, I mean, man, this ship's team can fight. Yeah, brilliant. They were down, you know, a minute left by, like, I believe four. And they they, they won that this game. Like, this team has, you know, the grit to win these close games. And that's going to be big for them because, in my opinion, if they, you know, I, I think they got Kiwani. They'll take care of them. I don't know how they'll fare against Freedom or Northland Pines. I personally, you know, because I actually thought Xavier might lose to, or Xavier might beat Northland Pines, but Xavier lost by 10 to them. So there, mm-hmm. there's a lot of questions, you know, what happens? Because I think Brilliant takes care of Kiwani. Valder's even beat Kiwani. So if you want to put that into, you know, perspective, I think, you know, Kiwani upsetting Keel by one, you know, Keel losing, or Keel won one, won a one point game. They lost a one point game. So, you know, Keel season ends same night Valder season ends. So I want to go to D four Jordan here as well. Um, I, I guess you'll talk kind of Ron Colley as well tomorrow. But yeah, Ron Colley won by fifty two. Uh, we don't really Simmer goes down a big ankle injury, and then that was at the Lutheran game. Simmer went down with the ankle. I was told, and I think they said it was a high ankle sprain. And then I believe Saturday in the big blowout win, I I think it was Vincent Harrison. He went down with another kind of injury too. So I mean, that Ron Colley team who. Honestly, I don't think they have a ton of depth in the first place. Like they can go seven, eight deep, but but now like you're losing Brett Simmer, who is like your sixth or seventh guy. Now things get interesting as the games really pick up for Roncalli. They do indeed. Iola Scandinavia. That's going to be the team that you know. I, I they'll take care of Saint Mary Catholic. Um, Iola is going to be the team. If they lose, they're going to lose to Iola. Either other way, otherwise they're going to state. My opinion. Um, but to wrap up here, D four. Um, you know, we'll talk Valders. I want to talk Valders quickly. They upset, you know, I, I don't, this might sound bad, but like 7-2, I thought I had Valders winning this game. I don't, I don't even want to call it an upset. I don't see A lot of wise. people did. Like, this same Mary Springs team, nothing against them. They were overrated. Uh, they were, you know, Howard's Grove should have been, I think, seated higher than uh, them. Howard's Grove 21-4 and four in the regular season. That, the, talk about this the computer. computer seating was terrible. We saw bonkers. a lot of, yeah, we saw a lot of poor seeds um, being done. Sheboygan Lutheran only beating Winnebago Lutheran Academy by two was my, uh, you know, my, the shocker for me last night. I thought Lutheran, I had them double digits, I think. And now Howard's Grove um, plays at Hilbert against Lutheran. They lost them by 10 in their, their lone meeting in the regular season. I believe they only met once. Maybe they met, they met twice and maybe they, I, I don't know, but I know they I lost think them they by only 10. Met once. They lost to them by 10 in the one in, in a meeting against them is what I should say. And Valders, they could have they could have beat Howard's Grove. I mean, the score was eight. They were up two or three. Uh, I'll do my a little Valders recap here, Jordan, because I was at that game. I was in attendance, kind of like what you did with your Lincoln ships. But yeah, it was 39-30 at half. Valders down by nine. Jackson Olson had three fouls in the first 10 minutes, Jordan. So he he was he had to sit. And that That's was not good. That was 
you know, I don't want to say that was the game, but like that was a crucial part of this game. Um, certainly was a turning point for Howard's Grove. Miles Barnstable. I, I, you know, I have some questions watching this guy play. A uh, great player. Don't get me wrong. Phenomenal. Um, probably, you know, obviously Big East unanimous first team uh, for sure. You know, him and Verhagen, you know, players of the year, I, I guess, is kind of how where I'd put it. But wow. Um, Mason Myers and Cole Hovey. I mean, I, I know he finished probably at Barnstable. Stats are now, it was around 24 25, but. Mason Myers did one of the greatest jobs I've seen, you know, defending a, a top player. He really, you know, held him in check throughout the game. He, he got, you know, his, his points, Jordan came at the end, a clear path foul. Um, so he got two free throws, free throws to seal the deal. You know, he had probably like six, seven points in, in time where it was like, okay, well, you know, the game's kind of out of hand. It's just free throws back and forth, right? So otherwise he was around 17, 15 to 17 points. It was, they, they played him well. Uh, they played him tough. Um, and, you know, a few other guys, um, were able to on Howard's Grove kind of step up. Cole Hovey took over Jordan. He like it was Barnstable and um and Hovey were trading baskets. It was it was cool, but especially you know Hovey at, at the end was making you know some crazy layups. He'll be back next year. That's going to be something to look out for. Olson, you know, had some big threes in the start. Um, I think he finished with fourteen. He had and one with like ten seconds left. So it was like okay, but um. You know, the Ballers has some great pieces returning. It's a bummer to see guys like Bodard, you know, be done. Uh, Mason Myers, because that he had, he played great last night. He made some great layups, some spin moves. We saw some just you know way he was able to contort his body against um, against some of these Howard's Grove defenders was was something you know we didn't see a lot of him last year. So that's going to be a stinker to have him gone. But uh, Valders, I guess, no shame, you know, losing a regional finals as a seven seed, but. Um, it's just tough to see the Vikings go out. And like I said, they have some pieces coming back next year, Jordan. I, you know, I'd watch out for, I think, you know, them, Berlin, Keel, those three schools are looking very good for next year. Yeah. I'm very curious to see how Ron Colley does next year. It's going to be interesting. Definitely taking a big old step down without the Luke Pouts era. I mean, you went from like Chompy Lambert to Luke Pouts. Like they always had big names and now who's going to be the next one. That's the question. Only time will tell our long bet barely missed i gave the badgers two and a half points over under purdue and of course they had to win by three of course they had to win by three points i should have set it to three and a half but they win by three a chucky hepburn three-pointer the dagger the freshman has been stepping up huge johnny davis not a big game but purdue goes down to the badger so both of us get that bet wrong we're now five and eight Mm. each so, I mean, we're five and eight. We're not doing the best, but Ooh, as we said yeah. last week, this is only stalling time until we get our Brewers predictions challenge back. Not a whole lot else to talk about in the world of college basketball this past week. <gasps> I mean, the big one, what, don't worry, we're getting, we're getting, don't worry, we're getting Good. into some stuff, but obviously the big one Saturday night was indeed Illinois, not Illinois, what am I saying? North Carolina defeating Duke 94-81. So it really wasn't even close. I don't know what happened, but Kansas got a big redemption win over the 21-ranked Texas, so good to see them. I mean, UCLA beating USC, a battle of two middle-ranked teams. There was a game earlier in the week where Arizona went to overtime, and they scored 20 points in overtime. Like, I've never seen Auburn who did it. They ended up beating Mississippi State 81-68. They scored 20 points in overtime. Never seen anything like it. They just went absolutely off, but... Our long bet this week is indeed about the Big East 
tournament. Marquette gets the five seed, Providence the one, Villanova the two, UConn the three, Xavier Butler, St. John's DePaul, Seton Hall, Georgetown playing in the first round, which kicks off on Wednesday. Our long bet, we did it last week with the Big Ten. Now that we know the Big East bracket, we're going to do it right here on the podcast. You're not picking Marquette. We're leaving Marquette out of it. So if Marquette doesn't win the Big East, which team is going to be able to do so? Make me go first. Um, I would like you to go first. I have, I, I really actually want to pick Providence, but they're the one. So that's the easy way out. I am. I'm going to go. I, I think I'm going to pick Providence. You know, I'll okay. pick Providence. If you pick, if you pick Providence, I'm going to go UConn then. Oh, that was my other one. That was going to be like, okay, well, I'm going to take either Providence or UConn, not taking Nova. Uh, and you said, I couldn't take should Marquette. we go? Should we go heads and tails to see who gets it? Um, yeah, because I'll take. I'm okay. confident with either of those two. I'm more confident in Providence, but I think UConn could definitely do it. All right, you're gonna call heads or tails, and you get to pick. Tails. Okay. Siri, flip a coin. Yes. Okay, I didn't know if you could hear it. That was really quiet for some reason, but it was indeed tails. Tails is the call. So, which are you picking? You picking the one seed? Well, you know, now we did the coin flip. I gotta take UConn because you were okay. gonna take UConn. So I, I, I mean, okay. that was the whole point, right? I'll, you could Blocking take the one. Me out. All right, I'll take the one. It's obviously the safe way out, but it's the smart way, in my opinion. I think Providence has been just a beast this year. We're going to see some upsets in the tournament for sure. Marquette and Creighton. Marquette. I mean, there's a chance Marquette could lose first round. I don't think it's going to happen. But, but then, sorry, but the cliche, Jordan, you cannot beat a. T- you know, it's hard to beat a team three times in the same year. Creighton's beat Marquette twice. I think Marquette wins that side, goes to the finals. That's why I chose UConn because they'll meet him in the finals. So win-win for Drew. Ah, I see <laughs> indeed. But it's also one of those situations where now in the semifinals, does the highest seed play the lowest seed? Is that how it works? Um, so like, do if, they reseed? Say, no, I, I, yeah. I know the question. Um, yeah, so like say 10 seed DePaul, they move on, and then they're in the semifinals. Would they get the highest seed? I think they do. The Okay, well, the... Providence, no, Providence plays the winner versus Creighton and Marquette. There's no reseeding. Wow. There's no, oh, well, that's a disadvantage to Providence then. Oh, yeah, it, it is. Um, I, wow. I did not, because the Horizon League tournament, they reseed. Yeah, um, it should be consistent through the board. Yeah, wow. no, no, Providence will play the winner of, or, well, Providence plays then the winner of Xavier Butler, and then uh, in forward of the, the the quarter or not the quarterfinals, the semifinals Providence uh-huh. will play the quarterfinal quarterfinal winner versus Creighton Marquette. So yikes, that doesn't really, that's, you know, that's ridiculous that Providence might not even get to play. Like say Georgetown, the 11 seed would beat Seton Hall. Providence wouldn't get to play the 11 seed. They're still playing the eight or nine. So that is very interesting, but big 10 bracket that'll be coming out. If it's not out already, it'll be out today on Monday, but any other college hoop talks real quick before we get into the NBA. Um, Horizon League, you know, right now, I'll, I'll bring it up, Jordan, if that's okay. Um, the we got to talk about Pat Baldwin, right? Out as oh, UW this, yes. Milwaukee's head coach for five seasons. Not a surprise. It came less than 24 hours after Panthers. They hosted a game against UIC. They lost it. Shocker. They lost, you know, they, they were losing a lot of games. 10 of their last 13, they lost. It was a tough year to watch. Uh, Pat, PBJ. Played, I believe, what I what I always say, 30% of teams' games, just around 11 games due to the foot and ankle injuries yeah. along with COVID-19. They finished ninth in the Horizon League after being projected fourth in the preseason poll, 8-14 eight, eight in conference, terrible. 
Um, now with Pat Baldwin Sr. out as head coach, we no surprise, we're going to probably see PBJ. He's heading to probably the draft. So uh, Pat Baldwin finishes 57 and 92 in five seasons. They got to find a coach. They got to replace Pat Baldwin. They're, they actually, it actually helps um, their case because look at, they play in the UW-Milwaukee Panther Arena, one of the nicer mid-major arenas um, in all of college, all of college basketball. Um, so, I mean, they have that to attract, you know, maybe a nice head coach they have. You know, well, it depends on how they do recruiting wise, but I think um, athletic director Amanda Braun, she said she explained how they're they're looking for a great coach and and they they're confident they're going to find one. There are actually some concerns maybe of UW Milwaukee moving down to D two. She she said that's not happening. Um, There's also concerns of them not playing in the Panther Arena no more due to them not being able to fill it up as well as you would want them to. But that's not happening either. I know GB and the rush setters having a similar problem, but oh, it's the same thing. Um, yeah, I I think this we're gonna get a good coach. We'll talk about when they get a new coach. Remember how happy we were in Shaka Smart came. Hopefully that can happen again for that. But then the semifinals for the Horizon League tournament that's going on, and it's been actually kind of boring. The one, two, three, and four all made the semifinals. So as we would have thought, honestly. Yeah, no, no really upset. So, um. You know, Cleveland State, Wright State, and then Northern Kentucky, Purdue, Fort Wayne. So the one and the four, and then the three and the two play, right? So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. And that's going to be, um, that's on ESPNU and ESPN2. So, uh, oh, trying to get some, yeah, getting some primetime matchups. But um, for, I mean, usually Rising League gets ESPN Plus, right? Or once in a while, yeah. ESPNU. So that's good to see. But I mean, that kind of wraps up what we got for the Horizon League and the Big East. And then, yeah, Big Ten. You know, with brackets coming up, we'll talk about all that good stuff, Jordan. But right now, I just saw the Big 12 brackets. Sorry to interrupt, but the Big 12 bracket just came out. Kansas did indeed get the one, and they play at 11:30 on Tuesday, so I can have back to back. I can watch Kansas play, or on Thursday, I can watch Kansas play like 11:30, and then I can watch Marquette at 2:30. It's going to be a good Thursday. That's going to be a wonderful Thursday. But Wisconsin, um, I think if they win the Big Ten tournament, you got to put them at the one seed. Right now, they're my top. They're my top two seed. I know people. You know, sometimes we're a Marquette, we're a Marquette show. I mean, we, we always, I mean, that's just how it is, right? Um, and we like to tend to Marquette. So, you know, watching out what Wisconsin's done, you still got to acknowledge, you know, the greatness that's a, that they've achieved in the Big Ten this year, considering at the start of the year, team player or analysts were projecting them not even make the tournament, right? So 10th in the Big Ten. Yeah. And they win it. Talk well, about possibly win it. Talk about an share. underdog story. You know, you got to credit Johnny Davis, I think. The, at the most, and of course, Coach Guard and look Brad Davison for being there for like two decades. Kidding, but like it's it's been a while, right? With him six time. years, I always like to joke that he's been there for the last decade. But you know, it's just it's over half a decade. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, we round up. up. But yeah, I mean that kind of wraps up what I had for college, Jordan. You want to talk Bucks? I mean, we can mention a little bit. They're first in the Central now. I see thirty-nine and twenty-five. So yep. things really and, starting to turn around. Well, Yesterday they played the Suns. I don't know how that's going to go for them. It'll go fine, Jordan. Chris Paul out. Okay. Um, you know they're they're lacking with some injuries right now. The Bucks had one of their toughest weeks. The Hornets they played. I was at that game Monday night last week. They played a Hornets team that they lost to on a back to back both times. They beat them. They took care of them. Then what happened was they they played the Miami Heat. Uh, Drew Holiday it's a buzzer beater to win the game. That was back and forth Wednesday night. That was a wonderful game. Um, you know both teams. You know, trying to win, you know, he being a one seed there. And 
the Bucks took it to him near the end. Drew Holiday, like I said, buzzer beater. Giannis had some big plays, of course, defensively. It's what you expect. And then they beat the Bulls Friday night. That was Grayson Allen. Um, he he went to Chicago, so the United Center they were at. And um, that as we he know, got Alex, quite a reaction. I saw Alex Caruso. He injured and uh, on a flagrant two foul, and um, yeah, he got quite a reaction back. And then he. Allen, after the game, proceeded to say that was kind of weak by Bulls fans. He's heard louder in college, so that might not be the best thing to say, but... He's actually not wrong, though. Um, Yeah, Derek Jones Jr., actually, uh, he tried to hurt him. He could have been ejected for um, uh, a foul he had him as a flagrant one. He elbowed him basically in the face, Um, and it looked looked pretty intentional. I thought he was going to get tossed, but they only gave him a flagrant one, so that was very generous by um, the officials on the review, but... Bulls can't be good teams. I will keep saying it. Uh, they haven't proved to me they've lost four straight and they've played winning teams. So um, Bulls, you know, they haven't beat the Bucks yet this year. And that's that's a weakness of them. They are able to just feast on the bottom feeders. And that's kind of where they are at 39 and 25. I still like this Bucks team. I'm confident in them getting a one or a two seed. Um, but I don't think the Heat gets the line. I think it's going to go 76ers, Bucks, Heat, something like that. But All right. hey, that's my prediction. I want to talk about how well DeAndre Bembry and Javon Carter have played, both coming from the Nets defensively. These guys have been big because, you know, we've seen Rodney Hood gone. Uh, George Hill's been out. Connaughton's been out. These guys have been, you know, stepping up and playing kind of those roles, coming off the bench, being these these glue guys, you know, brings the team together. P.J. Tucker, I might give a player comp to DeAndre Bembry, how they've been playing. Javon Carter's, like I said, played, has been a tough guard as well. You know, we watched these guys Monday night actually in person guarding like guys like LaMelo Ball and you know Terry Rozier and they play, they played very well, you know, you know, coming up on screens and just getting through some of the tough screens that were being set by Plumlee, you know, Uber and such, but yeah, I I look confident with this Bucks team. Like the moves that were made, uh, the Cousins one still it might be one that everyone questions, but other than that, you know, I think they've made some great moves for a nice postseason push. Absolutely. Only time will tell. We'll have to see how they do postseason coming up. It's getting there. I mean, we're winding down in the National Basketball League season after the All-Star break. Season five and a half of trivia. We've had a season four and a half. Now we're having a season five and a half of trivia. This is redemption trivia. We've had five full seasons, 50 questions. It's like 250 if we can do the math correctly. But now here we are, redemption trivia. Ten questions you got wrong. I pulled them from seasons one through three. So a little bit older, not going to be the most fresh in your memory. And I'm going to be honest, there's some college mascots on here. I put two on here no. just because we can go back in the day. Yes, indeed. We're going back. Let's start with this one. When was Lambeau Field built? You got this one wrong. Was it 1950, 1938, or 1957? See, I, I'm going to say, okay, I think I said 38 in this one the first time, so I'm going to say 50. You said 50 the first time, it's so that's 38. pretty funny. That, no, it's 57. Ah, I think you said the exact same thing the first time as well, which is very funny. Obviously, I'm not going to tell you which one you said the first time around because that defeats the purpose and makes it easier. All right, next question. Staying with the Packers, what year did Brett Favre win his first MVP? And I was mean. I didn't give you options back in the day, so you just had to guess, and you were very close. I'm going to say 92. Okay, it was 95, <sighs> and you guessed 93. So like, you were very, very close in there once again. And I don't expect you to do well on this because I was hard on you back in the day. The original wiffle ball had how many holes? Oh, yeah. I remember this crap. You were one off. Come on. You were one off. Yeah, because I said, like, 
I'm going to say seven. <laughs> it's eight. You guessed yeah. nine the first time. And now yeah. that's, this is great. This is good stuff. And now we're going to get to college mascots. All right. I pulled two from, I believe this was number two of college mascots. The mascot big red belongs to where you answered Louisville. It was not Louisville. Where does big red belong to what team? That was a good guess. Just saying. Um, it wasn't a bad guess. Do I even get a conference? No. No, I didn't give you that. Just, this, oh, come on. Um, Big Red. I'll say... Um, I gotta think of a school that's red. Um, St. John's. Western Kentucky. And now that this is funny because the next one is Lil Red, and you answered St. John's for Lil Red. So now, Western Kentucky was Big Red. Who's Lil Red? I'll say Louisville for this one. Nope, Nebraska. Uh, I thought I thought that one was easier than Big Red, but it's okay. At the end of the day, we're just not going to count those first five, right? Now you got these next five. You're going to go five of five. I have a lot of faith. Name one player to win the MVP award four times in five seasons. You said it was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. It was not. There are two players. I need you to name one of them. I'll say LeBron James. Yes, LeBron James did indeed do it. Bill Russell was the other other one. So not bad. You got the one, which is all you needed. And the next question, you've got options here once again. We just talked about it, actually. The UW Panther Arena. What year was that built? Was it 1950, 1969, or 1985? Okay, well, originally, see, 69, I would have been ready for uh, the Bucks season. Uh, Uh Uh-huh. But that's something I probably would have said because I would have known that. I'm going to say 50. Yes, that's exactly what you said. You did say 69. It is 50. So that's, I told you, you're going to go 5 of 5 here. That was very, very impressive. Now, basketball video games. We're going to this category. The Harlem Globetrotters video game. What year was that released? Was it 1990, 1994, or 2000? I'm going to say 1990. Yes, you did it. Yes, got it. You said 94 the first yeah. time, but it was 1990. You got it. And now I, as it got easier, right? It got easier for these last few. These all have options. I have choices now, yeah. <laughs> yes, that's what I'm saying. Trivia got a little bit easier as we moved on. I noticed it was a little hard to start. What rank is Adrian Peterson all-time rushing? Three, five, or eight? Oh, okay. Well, let me let me... I'm going to say five. Yes, it was five. You said three the first time around. That was incorrect. It is five, and I'm sure he padded the stats a little more this year. He got a few more. Haven't updated, obviously, since. Final question. The Atlanta Thrashers were an NHL team until what year? 1997, 2005, or 2011? See, this was one I actually didn't know about, and I'm going to say it was 2005. It was 2011. You was, were close. The see, first I, time you, you first time you said 97. Now you say 05. But 11 seems a little recent, and it indeed was 2011. Four of ten on this trivia, but it doesn't matter. It was just a fun way to end the one year anniversary. Going back in fun. time with trivia shows the evolution of how hard it was earlier. And then it got a little bit easier progressively. But we'll plan on season six. It'll be coming up soon, if not next week, the week after. We'll see. We'll figure it all out. And Drew, shout yourself out on our one year anniversary. Yeah, you guys know the drill. Drew Skyberg, D-R-E-W-S-K-Y-B-E-R-G on the social oh. media platforms. 
Our Red Bubble store is up. We'll put that link absolutely everywhere. Join our March Madness bracket pool. We can't thank you guys enough for the support and listening to yet another edition, the one-year anniversary of Jordan and Drew, the sports crew, the perfect podcast for you.